1: Does your life glorify God? That is the question we're asking in the midst of our series, Don't Waste Your Life. Join us. Truth For Today is up next. Find out what glorifies God, then do it, and your life will be amazing. Welcome. This is Truth For Today, and Pastor Phil Howard explores one more time Philippians Chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. Our message is called Glorifying God, and really, at the end of the day, it fits into our series, Don't Waste Your Life, because once you find yourself glorifying God, your life is no longer wasted. It has real meaning, purpose, and that meaning and purpose stretches into eternity. Join us for more. On this edition of Truth For Today, here's Pastor Phil Howard.
2: He's been saying for 11 chapters, chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Romans up to 320... I found you in sin, rebellion. Nobody sought me. Nobody understood me. Nobody feared me. Nobody obeyed me. Nobody wanted me. The whole race is condemned. Romans 3.20, the law has shut the mouth of the whole world. You are guilty as charged. You are condemned. And if we stop the book of Romans at 3.20, everybody's going to hell. But he picks up in Romans 3.21. And he starts in, let me tell you about the redemption we have in Christ through grace by which he was propitiated the Father whereby he justified you by faith, wherein it excludes all boasting, for he imputed to you the righteousness of another, an alien righteousness that did belong to you. You have a righteous standing before God. Romans 6, he says, you're now no longer servants of sin. Romans 7, you're no longer under the law. Romans 8, the Holy Spirit's controlling you. Israel, you were chosen. I chose you over Esau. Romans 10, I've preached the gospel to you that you might. Believe in the future, I'm going to restore you. I've been merciful to the human race for 11 chapters. Why don't you give me what's left your body? Because of my mercies, because I've been merciful to you in salvation. I forgave you your sins, I elected you from the foundation of the world. Israel is a nation. I should have abandoned you, I should have gotten rid of you, but I've only removed you for a while. In the future, I'll restore you and you'll be saved in a day. What is this? What is this? It's God being merciful to us in salvation. And it's the story of every saved individual. God found us, cleansed us, justified us, made us his own. That we now might say, my body's my own. Thanks for the help. I'll see you later. Oh, no. God's mercy is to be the motivating force by which I yield my members, my heart, what's left of a saved life to say, you got me, Lord. You want toilets clean? You got me. You want psalm books handed out? You've got me. You want my body to witness, to work for you, to serve you, to sing you, to praise to you, you've got my body because my body shows if you've got my will and my heart. I do with my body what's going on in my heart. It's the external display of what I think of you. The unavailable Christian is anathema. The unavailable Christian is an insult to the living God. Who are we in our pompousness? To say to our creator, redeemer, unavailable, unavailable, do a little bit more for me. Just like the generation of Jesus that said, one more miracle and we might treat you like Messiah. He says, you'll get no more miracles except the miracle of Jonah. God's going to hide me from you for three days and three days later. He's going to resurrect me and he's going to send out gospel preachers throughout the world to say my greatest miracle. I didn't even let you see. God pulled the curtain down and in the aftermath of Calvary, three days, the son of God is hid from view only to bust out of a tomb. This is the greatest miracle. We've all got to believe it in order to be saved. What are you doing with your body? That will count for eternity. Are you just collecting the uh, seashells as we began and quoting the Piper story? Are some of you just going to stand before God with a lot of good intentions? Or you're just collecting seashells? I'm retired and the rest of my life is going to be to ride in the yacht. Play baseball and collect seashells. And when I stand before God, he's going to ask me, What did you do with your life? And I'll say, I collected seashells and told you unavailable. Get somebody else to teach classes. Get somebody else to do church. It'll just be there. It won't be there unless the mercies of God's at work in a people's hearts. And they serve God out of this motive of I can never do enough to say thank you for mercy. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for grace. That is then glorifying God with all that I am. And that's why Paul could say, I magnify Christ in my body. I want others to see who's working through me. And that's what he said in the Corinthian letter. That uh, our body belongs to God. Uh, There's another way we can glorify God. It's very simple. But it's, uh, I think it's the key to the whole Christian life. It's Romans 4, 20. Abraham, talking about Abraham when God promised him a child. And Sarah. And it says that Sarah's womb was also dead. How can God get life out of a tomb? And that was what he did for Abraham and Sarah. And God told him, he I can give you a posterity even though you're a 99-year-old man. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do What he had promised. Did you know one of the greatest compliments we ever give God is believing? Just trust him. Just trust him. Uh, This hope that makes us count on God's promises being cast. And and given to us. Uh, Faith alone. God rewards it. You can't come to God without acknowledging that exists. And you won't ever see any rewards in your life unless you see the rewards of faith. And it rewards those who diligently seek him. It's amazing seeing a a, a pastor friend from the past. Uh, I was just a few weeks ago sharing how my wife and I went to a meeting one night when he pastored in Pacheco years ago in 1965. She had a need in her life. I did not even know what was going on. Uh, and uh, in that service, the pastor got up and said, someone needs something from God. I don't know what it is, but I believe God wants to help you. And I'm supposed to do the preaching that night. My wife walks up. Uh, I'm just remaining there uh, In the pew, she goes forward. She doesn't tell me what it is. But there was a fear in her life that God answered prayer in 1965. And that fear was shelved that night. She's never taken it back. She just believed God could answer prayer from a a weak, dependent, short preacher in Pacheco. And of all things i see, all these years later, 38 years later. Did you know there's things in your life God's wanting to do? But as long as you are full of unbelief and keep telling him he can't do it, he won't do it. And it won't be because he can't, but he won't. He never rewards unbelief. <laughs> if you say he can't, he'll make it so it won't be for you. <laughs> if you, th- you tell God, God, you don't let 99-year-old men start families that turn into nations. <laughs> you probably, aren't you glad he hasn't given you a nation? The three you've got's enough. But here's a man out here in a Bedouin tent and a wife that's barren. He's old. All I've got is Eliezer in my household. When are you going to keep promise? You go out and count the stars, Abram. If you can count stars, that's what your genealogy is going to look like. And instead of laughing, he just said, Amen in the Hebrew. I believe it. So be it. If you say you can do it, my only part is to Amen what you say. I cannot make it happen. And he being strong in faith glorified God. I want to tell you, one of the great joys of walking with the Lord for years is how many places in your life uh, when you didn't have the resources, you didn't have a fancy plan, you didn't know how it was going to turn out, and, and you don't even want anyone to brag on your faith because your faith was so small, you don't want any credit for it. You just, God, you've got to do it or it won't happen. And sure enough, you're dancing on the table a week later. He did it. Has he ever surprised you with an answered prayer? Has he ever come through? (laughs) Come through? He has come through big time. He always rewards those that trust him. He never rewards those fretting over omnipotence being able to do anything. It's insane not to trust him. How have we gotten so good at it? Always putting him on trial. Always saying, if you've been here, if you'd shown up, if you only would. And he's just saying, why don't you just trust me? My plans are not your plans. My ways are not your ways. I've got something far greater that I'm working out than the way you want it to go. Just trust me. When you can't explain me, trust me. When the heavens seem like brass, trust me. And if you don't think I allow you to doubt me and to have those fears... Look at Psalms 22. My own son said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's not the statement of unbelief. It's just that's how you feel at times. Where are you, God? You're slow. Get with it. He expects those emotions in you. They're all throughout the Psalms. Half the Psalms are laments. Where are you, God? Don't let my enemy triumph over me. And God wanted it recorded because he's wanting you to see the moods of the soul that his people always wonder if he'll move quick enough. And then one psalm after another, you hear it end. And the Lord heard me when I cried. And the Lord delivered this man. I will yet praise him for the love and the help of his countenance. I will still praise him. Always read the end of the psalm. The whole thing will describe the lament. And the psalm will end. I will trust. I've seen him deliver. He did come through. But I'm just telling you the biography of how faith was tested and tried. And ultimately rewarded. Even though he slay me. I can have a peaceful martyrdom because I can trust his plan. And that's where you get one of the great ways you glorify God is Philippians 4, when Paul's in jail, he's saying, I've done without, I've had plenty, and I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance puts me. Philippians 4, 10 through 13. And then he says, But I can do all things through Christ. And in the Greek it's who infuses, who infuses his strength in me. You see, a dissatisfied believer is bad advertisement for God. I'm going to ask you, really, uh, what is lacking in God that doesn't satisfy you? Or does he satisfy you? You want to think of that in your message to people around you. Do they see you as a discontented person, a murmur, complainer, never quite good enough? Or do they find you as somebody who he's all I need. He's wonderful. I've got Jesus. He used to sing that song. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. He saves, he keeps, he satisfies. He's all I need. You know, that's a nice song, but it's sure rare to meet someone that really believes it. Is he all you need? And sometimes I see us believers how that greed makes us idolaters, according to Colossians, that we've got the greatest treasure that can be had in God, and still we can be captured by lesser things. I mean, we're too busy to pray, never too busy to worry. But you can be too busy to pray. Never too busy to want something else. But just to bask in God. Yeah, I find this even in worship. You find that in your week, the hardest time to give up sometimes will be prayer and worship and singing a song to God. And yet the most rewarding moments of your week will be when you slow down just to focus on who your God is. He wants glory. He wants honor. Everything is running to that goal. And uh, I would just say that, uh, what is your purpose in life? Why are you alive? What do you want to be remembered for? You died with the most money. You died with the most toys. What will your legacy be? If you're a young person, I'd ask the question, what is the purpose of life? Why am I even in existence? They're what we call the college questions. Who who made all this? What is the rhyme or reason of life? Is it just uh, work, pay bills, have children, eat, sleep, get up, do the same thing all over again until you drop dead of a heart attack? Is that the goal of life? Not at all. For me to live is Christ. And dying will be gain. In the meantime, I've given up everything that I might get to know him. That is what the Christian life's all about. It's radically different than American Christianity because it's biblical. It's biblical Christianity. I want Christ magnified. I want to know him. And to die, don't intimidate me with death. Death is not a threat to the believer. It's promotion. It is to be with Christ forever. Spurgeon used to say, it's a wonder we can get any of our people to stay alive because of the glories of heaven. It's a wonder anyone wants to stay around. We've got so much. Did you know the glory of God will go on for eternity? And this is not the best it gets. You know, I get tickled this, uh, uh, it doesn't get any better than this. That, I don't hear that model like I used to. Uh, this is as this is good as it gets. And it's usually a guy slurping a Bud Light and, and looking a little obnoxious. It doesn't get any better than this. Is that the best you can do? You mean that is the epitome? Watching a Raiders game and drinking Bud Light. It doesn't get any better than this. Man, you poor soul. You haven't even begun life. Taste of the Lord and you'll taste something. If, you can't imagine this. You've only got so many taste buds in your tongue and they're sensitive to different flavors. In glory, God's going to awaken a brand new set of taste buds and capacities so that we will savor God in Christ for all eternity and there will still be flavors in God we've never tasted. It will just go on and on and on. We will get higher and higher and higher and there will be no Blue Mondays in heaven. You'll stay up there. That's what's coming. It's in this world that it's tough. Here we're wayfaring strangers traveling through a wearisome land because this world, its politics, its monetary, its values are not ours. They're foreign to us. We've been trans... I've transferred my citizenship to another country. And I'm only here as an ambassador. I've tasted of the age to come. In Hebrews 6. So we long to glorify him. So won't it be a wonderful thing to finally stand before God and he could say of you. You brought me glory. You brought me honor. You enhanced my reputation in your neighborhood. Wherever you went, I got good advertisement. You had ethics. You knew who to sleep with, who not to sleep with. You had sexual mores. Not because of a have to, but because of the glory of God. Whatever brings God glory, you can do it. Luther used to say, love God with all your heart and sin boldly. You can't do both at the same time. And he knew it. And that's why he gave you the paradox. Love him with all your heart and then sin all you want. But start with loving Him. And when you love Him, sin loses all of its payoff. It's the most empty thing you could ever do. I hope God gets glory in the church. He said He does. God's getting glory in saving you. Did you know that? You you think you're a nothing. You think, oh, I fail Him and... I can't do, according to Ephesians 1, the Father gets glory because he chose you. The Son gets glory because he redeemed you. The Spirit's getting glory because he sealed you. God says, salvation brings me glory. All the saved here are bringing glory to God. Just you landing in heaven is going to shout how great and kind God is. That's part of our mission in life. To bring glory to God, not to ourselves. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your mercy and kindness to us. We thank you that you've given us something worth living for. Not just ourselves. Not just our pursuits. But in the midst of whether we eat or drink. Everything we do, we want to do to the glory of God. Be glorified in our bodies. We offer our members to promote you, to make you known. I ask you, Father, that you would be glorified in all these dear people. May we evangelize our neighbors and family because we want to share with them our God. We want them to know him. We want to shine his light to bring light to the present darkness. I ask that you would open our eyes and be be advertised, be advertised through our bodies and through this local church. Get glory to your own name. I pray you'll do this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. This is Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard taking us to God's word that we might be mutually edified in grace. If you have questions or comments about the broadcast, maybe you would like to hear the program again. We have a couple of ways that you can reach us. The easiest, of course, is our phone number, 855-833-9864. If you would rather visit our website and work through the website, you can do so, truthfortodayradio.org. A lot of resource materials available there besides our podcasts. You'll also take advantage of the many other resources, books, and materials. It's all at truthfortodayradio.org. You can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. 94547 is our zip code. And as we conclude our time today, we would invite you to link arms with us financially and prayerfully. These programs come to you on a daily basis, and even our extended resource materials found at our website are available as you link arms with us, partnering with us financially and prayerfully, whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. Please consider how you might come alongside and partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the greater Bay Area. We'd love to hear from you. Here's that phone number once again, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And our website, you can securely give a donation there as well, truthfortodayradio.org. And then we would also invite you to join us for worship. If you're not involved in a fellowship near you, consider this an official invitation to join us here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. For directions and information, you can visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, call 855-833-9864. And then would you please mention that you were invited by the radio broadcast to one of our ushers? It would mean a great deal to us. Whether you visit us in person or simply stop by our website or listen to us here on the radio, we hope to see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.